What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, everybody? I'm Hunter Jacobs, and you're listening to the Hoop Ball Nets Podcast. As you can tell, it's just me today. Najee is recovering from a throat infection as well as prepping for finals i have finals as well but i have a break before next tuesday i'm lucky so i'm taking this time to record as always this podcast is brought to you by Kona coffee you can look at them on twitter h-i-k-o-n-a coffee look them up on amazon the coffee's great me and Najee have had it but now moving on to the games i will be reviewing today I'm going for the Hornets game, Nuggets game, and Hornets game again. They played four games since we last recorded, the Hawks game as well, but I won't be going over that one. That I will say, though, it was Torian Prince's revenge game. He had 23, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals on 9 of 15 shooting, 5 of 7 from 3, and they had four 20-point scores as Allen had 20 and 13 with three blocks. Dinwiddie had 24, 6 and 5. And Garrett Temple had 27 with six triples. So it was a high scoring game as they won 130 to 118. But moving on to the main three games I'll be covering, starting with the Hornets game, the one that was played in Charlotte. The Nets won 111-104. And the offense was carried by Joe Harris in this one. He had 22 points on 8 of 13 shooting, 6 of 8 from 3 with 5 assists. Dinwiddie's been amazing since Kyrie went down to say the least. He didn't have his best game in this one. He still had 13 points on 4 of 13 shooting with 12 assists and 2 steals. Even if his shot isn't falling, he's impacting the game on defense and his passing. He's looking like a true point guard, and I'm going to get into a debate about him later. 
that I believe many Nets fans will be on the same side as me, but NBA fans may see it another way. But looking at the overall box score, the Nets outshot the Hornets 47.7% to 43.4%. They got outshot at the three-point line 42.5% to 39.5%. They won the turnover battle 19-18. to And they out-rebounded the Hornets 58-40. So they covered all their bases on their primary weaknesses aside from their perimeter defense as the big chunk of the Hornets offense was Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham who combined for 53 points, 9 rebounds, 12 assists on 16 of 33 shooting and they knocked down 11 triples. I mean the Hornets do rely on them a lot so you can't really blame the Nets for that. A lot of the offense runs through Rozier and Graham as they're the two leading scorers but the Nets got a win nonetheless. They shot 80% from the free throw line too. A lot of things went well for them in this game. Other notable performances besides Joe Harris and Spencer Dinwiddie were Jared Allen who had 14 and 10 with two steals and two blocks. Torian Prince who had 16, 5 and 5 on 6 of 9 shooting. And DeAndre Jordan, who had 16 points, 13 rebounds, and 2 blocks on 6 of 7 shooting. Oh, and Najee's favorite player on the team, David Nwaba, who had 13 points and 3 rebounds on 5 of 9 shooting in 16 minutes. On the Hornets side of things, the only noteworthy performances aside from Rozier and Graham were P.J. Washington, who had 14 points and 5 rebounds on 6 of 16 shooting. And Cody Zeller had 17 points, 6 rebounds, and 2 blocks on 8 of 12 shooting. So the Nets were able to escape that one to improve to 12 and 10 on the year before they played the Nuggets at home and got a win against a very tough Nuggets team. This this game meant a lot, in my opinion. It proved that the Nets can win without Kyrie, which is... I believe it's it's a similar team to the team they had last year. Yes, you had Torian Prince and DeAndre Jordan. But they played a lot without Karis LeVert, with Dinwiddie playing a huge role, with Allen starting, with Joe Harris starting. It's not nearly the same team. They don't have Damari Carroll. They don't play Karooks. They lost Hollis Jefferson. But this proved that their their culture still exists. They're element of next man up never giving up when their main player goes down it's it's alive in this team as well and and you see how excited KD gets when things happen on the bench too and it kind of lifts everyone's spirits to see the the superstar that will be joining them is as happy as he is when when things are going the Nets way he's embraced the culture too and he's he's excited to come back and win and the Nets won this game 105-102. Very close game. The Nets outshot the Nuggets 46% to 40.4. They got horribly outshot at the three-point line, however, 42.9% to 25%. The turnover battle was even at 13. And the Nets out-rebounded the Nuggets 58-49. to 
the largest lead in the game overall was eight. So it was a very close game from start to finish. And the Nets did a great job on defense overall. I mean, Nikola Jokic hasn't been having the greatest year, but holding him to 24 points on 10 of 21 shooting, it's still a good defensive effort nonetheless, under 50% for a center. Jamal Murray had 21, but on 7 of 17 shooting. The only person who really had a great game on the offensive end for the Nuggets was Jeremy Grant, who had 15 points on 5 of 7 shooting from 3 with a steal and a block. But other than that, Gary Harris had 9 on 10 shots. Will Barton had 9 on 6 shots. Paul Millsap had 9 on 8 shots. And Monte Morris had 9 on 8 shots. Although Morris knocked down a couple key threes. And Kenny Atkinson uh, said in the post-game press conference that Morris loves playing the Nets and always finds a way to get his buckets when he's playing against them. Moving to the Nets box score. Torian Prince, he did not have the best shooting night. 3 of 13 from the field, 1 of 6 from 3. But he contributed in other ways as he had 9 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, and 1 block. Jared Allen, 19 points, 11 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal. He's been playing phenomenally as well. He's definitely stepped up as he's been asked to have a bigger offensive workload in a sense he's been taking more shots since Kyrie went down and been scoring more overall so he he's kind of thrived in the role and and taken over as the primary center for sure Spencer Dinwiddie another stellar game 24 points four rebounds eight assists 10 of 17 shooting Joe Harris three of nine shooting 13 points Garrett Temple, 15 points, 15 shots, 3 of 8 from 3, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. The bench saw Musa and Waba, DeAndre Jordan all score 7 apiece, and Pinson and Shumpert score 2 apiece. The Nets won by 3 and improved to 13-10 and 10 now, which is firmly placing them in the seventh seed in the East. They're kind of right below the tier that ends with the pacers but seemingly above the magic so it's gonna be interesting to see if they're able to wiggle up or down from the seventh seed that they seem kind of locked into but moving on to the third game that i'll be looking at it's a heartbreaking game the nets had a 20 point lead against the hornets once again and we're looking to beat them for the second time in the past three games but they lost they got outscored 29 22 in the fourth and 31 22 in the third and wound up losing 113 108 they wound they outshot the hornets from the field 43.2 percent to 40.9 but they got outshot from three 42.9 to 26.3 percent they out-rebounded them 52-47. to 47, And the t- they lost the turnover battle 12-8. to eight. Although, 12 is not bad. So, that's not really the area that caused them to struggle in this game. The, their real problem in this game was Devontae Graham. 
Devontae Graham is a huge candidate for most improved player. More than likely going to win the award. He, it's not that he's making it seem like the Hornets wasted their money on Rozier, but he forced his way into the starting lineup by how well he's been playing, and he's averaging 19.2 points, 3.7 rebounds, 7.7 assists on the year. And against the Nets today, he dropped a career-high 40 points with 5 rebounds, 5 assists on 12 of 21 shooting, knocked down 7 threes, and shot 9 of 11 from the line. So, I will say that Devontae Graham is second in the league in three-pointers made at 96, behind James Harden's 107 on his ridiculous 317 attempts, which is 33.8%. So, it is arguable that Devontae Graham and Davis Bertans are the two best shooters in the league this season. Bertans is shooting 46.5% and has made four less than than Graham, who's shooting 42.1%. Graham consistently knocks down triples. There's been many games he's made five plus threes this season. So it's not a surprise that he had hit seven triples on the Nets. But it is surprising that he scored 40. It's his first career game with 40 points. And that's part of the perimeter defense that has been lacking the entire season overall. No one has really been able to contain Graham, but 40 is a bit higher than you'd like. I'd say if they could have held him in the 20s, it would have been a better game, and the Nets probably would have won. But Graham led the charge. The Hornets came back and stole a win, forcing the Nets to move to 13-11. and 11. Looking at the other performances on the Hornets, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist had 11 points and 7 rebounds on 4 of 9 shooting. Cody Zeller had 10 points and 6 rebounds on 3 of 7 shooting. They led the charge off the bench. Looking at the other starters, Terry Rozier had 13 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 assists on 5 of 15 shooting. Miles Bridges had 14 points on 4 of 16 shooting, 3 of 7 from 3. And P.J. Washington at 13 points and 6 rebounds on 4 of 6 shooting. So, they didn't have Malik Monk in this one. So, a lot of guys played extra minutes like Rozier and Graham played 35 and 37 apiece. But, the Nets are also shorthanded. No Kyrie, of course. No Levert. No KD, as always. But... The Nets didn't have bad games all around. Really, the only horrific performance in this one was Torian Prince, but he affects the game in other ways than the box score. He had six points, five rebounds, three assists on two of 12 shooting. You know, of course, you have to improve the two of 12 shooting, but watching the game, he has such a good impact on the floor that I will, I'll be looking at that after this third game. But moving on to the next player, Jared Allen continued his insane play. 21 points, 10 rebounds, 1 block on 7 of 9 shooting from the field. 
Dinwiddie, 24 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists on 8 of 16 shooting. Joe Harris and Garrett Temple. Joe Harris was 4 of 11, Garrett Temple 5 of 11 for a combined 20 points. Not the best shooting night from them. 1 of 8 from 3 for Harris and 1 of 5 for Temple. The the three ball was not falling for the Nets. Neither were free throws as they shot 22 of 33 for a measly 67%. And the threes were just 10 of 38. The starting lineup alone was 5 for 27, which is well below 25%. Looking at other bench performances, Theo Pinson had 12 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists on 5 of 9 shooting. DeAndre Jordan had 9 points and 14 boards in 22 minutes. And David Anwaba had 8 points, 3 rebounds, and 1 steal on 2 of 6 shooting. Okay, now that those three games are done, looking at the standings, an updated version, the Nets are still locked in that seventh seed. They're two and a half games behind the Pacers for six and two games ahead of the Magic for eight. Like I said, it's it's really going to be tough for them to go above or drop from that range. They, they seem pretty locked in the seventh seed, in my opinion, which at this point would have them playing the Miami Heat. But you never know because the race between two and five is is two games apart, so it could end up as as really anyone besides the Bucks, who are probably a lock for the first seed, with a huge net differential of thirteen point three points per game. the The Bucks are on a fifteen game win streak; they're rolling right now. But looking at the stat I pointed out, and is honestly the most real. The most reliable statistic to determine a player's impact on the court is their on-off stats. Looking at the net rating when the player is on the court versus off the court. And so far, it seems as though the the strongest players on the Nets have been Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Jared Allen has has run away with the the center position. It is it is firmly in his hands, and he's he's definitely playing more minutes than than DeAndre Jordan every night, regardless of the matchup, because he's shown that he can he can compete with almost any center. He is a positive four point eight net rating when he is on the court and they're a minus 6.9 when he is off the court which then moving to DeAndre Jordan they're obviously that minus 6.9 with him on the court and a plus 3.5 with him off the court which means Allen is a positive 11.7 net rating overall which is the highest on the team and DeAndre Jordan is a negative 10.4 which is by far the lowest out of any role player that's played significant minutes this season. People who have lower than him are Henry Ellenson, Timothy Luau Cabarat, Rodion's Crooks, Nick Claxton, and Iman Shumpert. Looking at Iman Shumpert, by the way, they're a minus 9.3 net rating with him on the court, plus 1.6 with him off. Like Najee said, and Waba 
is a better version of Amon Shumpert, and I completely agree with him. And this stat backs that up as Enwaba is a plus 4.4 with him on the court, minus 1.5 with him off. So it seems as though the Shumpert signing is essentially useless for the Nets, in, in my opinion. It hasn't really strengthened their perimeter defense much at all, as you viewed in this game, as if Shumpert was really that much of a lockup defender, he would have been put on Devontae Graham. He his there I don't really see the point in signing him. I never will. I believe Mello would have been the better person to add in this situation. Although it's it could have been better to just add neither of them at that point. But I believe if you were to add one of them, it should be Mello. Looking at other players on the team, I won't look at Kyrie because his negative point seven hasn't changed from from earlier and it's there it's really not noteworthy. There's really nothing to look at. The defense is just has been was worse when he was playing and it's it is it has slightly strengthened overall from a from a total team perspective. So we'll see how it is when he comes back. Just the noteworthy thing to to point out from Kyrie's um injury is that assist percentages for the team have gone up across the board when Kyrie is off the court or not playing because Kyrie he did this in Boston as well a lot he likes to push the pace and play a lot of isolation basketball where even if he's not running the offense he'll give it to Dinwiddie to to iso to create his own shot it it's a lot of let's dribble for a while and and attack when there's eight or so seconds on the shot clock which that can that can work out well at times when you have a clutch player or a clutch moment like when Kyrie is called upon at the end of a game he typically answers with a clutch shot but it can also hurt you as it keeps the offense stagnant at times but him having the highest pace on the team overall shows that they slowed things down when he got injured. And that's kind of the style that Dinwiddie plays at. If you notice, he's more of a finesse player. He He's smooth. He slows the game down. And he has been phenomenal. Overall on the season, they're a plus 3.4 with him on the court and minus 6.8 with him off, which is a positive 10.2. He's played the third most minutes on the team. Torian Prince is second, as you saw, his positive 10.8. And Joe Harris has played the most minutes on the team. And he is a plus two. They are a positive point one with him on the court. So essentially the same. And they are minus 1.9 with him off the court. The offensive rating goes down 6.6 when Harris is off the floor. And the opponent's offensive rating goes down 4.6 when he's off the floor. So it seems as though they're playing better defense when Harris is in the game. But that is the case for every player on the team except Garrett Temple and Jared Allen who have better defensive numbers while on the court than off the court and that's why Jared Allen's 
plus plus uh, off court on off court number is so significant because the offense is better with him on the court and the defense. He's the only player on the team where the offense and defense is better with him on the court. Now, moving on from those statistics, I will point out first that the Nets on those offensive rating, defensive rating numbers are middle of the pack, literally in both, as they are 15th on offensive rating and 16th in defensive rating. So, and they're 11th in points per game. So their points per game has dropped since Kyrie went down, but their opponent's points per game has improved. So... It's it's kind of a different team when Kyrie's not playing. Moving on to the debate I was discussing earlier. It's whether or not Spencer Dinwiddie is an all-star. Now, there is going to be time when Kyrie returns where his numbers may drop. That can hurt him significantly. But right now, we're 23. Four games in. 24 games in. And Spencer Dinwiddie is ninth in the Eastern Conference in scoring. He's only behind Giannis, all-star. Trey Young, all-star. Bradley Beal, all-star. Siakam, all-star. Levine, not guaranteed all-star, but possibility and bead all-star Kemba Walker all-star and Jason Tatum likely all-star because of how well the Celtics are playing not a guarantee though and then he's he's tied with Jimmy Butler who is a guaranteed all-star so he's right in the realm of a group of all-stars and obviously there's people like Andre Drummond that aren't huge scores but are likely going to make the all-star game but it's just crazy to see that Dinwiddie is top 10 in scoring and he's the only person in the top 19 scores in the East that is not averaging 30 minutes per game. And he's not even putting up, it's not like he's putting up an insane amount of shot attempts. He's putting up 15.9 shots per game and shooting 43%. And he's getting to a line for six free throw attempts per game. And he's averaging six assists, a steal per game. And he has three double-doubles on the year. And if you look at PER, he's 21st in the East. But the guys ahead of him are like Thomas Bryant, Tristan Thompson, Chris Boucher, Christian Wood, Mitchell Robinson, Jared Allen, Derrick Rose... It's a lot of players that are centers, first of all. Aside from Derrick Rose, that's an odd one. He's having He is having a surprisingly good year, though. But he's even up in PER. So it, it would make sense that he is an all-star. He has all of the numbers of an all-star. He's averaging 20, 6 assists, knocking down threes. He he's knocking down big shots. He he's doing everything right, and he's making the Nets play the same caliber basketball, if not better, that they were playing with Kyrie Irving on the court. So, with how well he's playing, 
one could even say, do you even bother taking him out of the starting lineup? Because he can play next to Kyrie, but then you you need his scoring off the bench. So it's going to be a hard decision for Atkinson to make because moving him to the bench is automatically going to take a hit to his stats. He's not going to average 20 upon Kyrie's return. But will he be able to maintain a high enough number that he can become an all-star is the question. That will be interesting to find out. Now, moving on to the last item of business, Najee's game, random letter generator. So I can get a random letter, say any NBA player that pops into my head, and then we are out of here. The letter that I was given is the letter L. And the player that came to my head was Lance Stevenson. All right. Well, the next episode we record should be me and Najee together. Our finals end next Wednesday. So it should come sometime next week. And see you guys next time. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.